Welcome to the European Vascular Podcasts. My name is Melina Vega de Zeniga. And my name is Agla Cabelloneta. This month's editor's choice is Prognostic Role of Preoperative Symptom Status in Carotid Neuterectomy, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis by Dr. Ball and colleagues. We have a new meta-analysis, and this time on a different topic, carotid artery disease. What did the authors want to investigate in this study? The objective was to investigate the prognostic significance of preoperative symptom status, symptomatic versus asymptomatic, and type of symptom in the outcomes after carotid neuterectomy specifically. The idea is to get data for risk stratification in the assessment of patients with significant carotid stenosis considered for surgical repair. It is generally known and accepted that the 30-day risk of stroke and death are around 1 or 2% for asymptomatic patients and 3 to 5% for symptomatic ones, with a risk of myocardial infarction around 1% for both, as reported in different randomized trials. But there is no meta-analysis focused on this specifically or on subgroup analysis comparing the type of symptom. What studies were included in the meta-analysis? The authors looked for studies reporting 30-day outcomes from carotid neuterectomy in both symptomatic and asymptomatic patients. They excluded carotid artery stenting and simultaneous carotid neuterectomy and coronary artery bypass grafting. They searched Medline, Embase, Sinel, and Central for English language articles up to August 2019. They identified 1,178 articles and selected 18 of them to be included in the analysis, published from 1977 to 2018. They included one randomized clinical trial, 12 cohorts, and five registries. They comprised 91,895 patients, 40,486 symptomatic, and 51,409 asymptomatic. The reliability of a meta-analysis depends on the methodology and the quality of the included data. So what can you tell us about the quality of this meta-analysis? The methods of this study were predefined in a protocol. The review was conducted and reported according to the PRISMA guidelines. The statistical analysis was robust. The validity of the studies was considered good based on the majority of the studies achieving a rating of 7 on the Newcastle Ottawa scale. What were the endpoints? They were stroke, ipsy or contralateral, fatal or non-fatal, resulting from ischemia or hemorrhage, TIA, death of any cause, and myocardial infarction occurring during the hospital stay or within 30 days of the carotid neuterectomy. What did they find regarding stroke? The stroke rate was 3.3% for symptomatic patients and 1.5% for asymptomatic ones, with an odds ratio of 0.5 for the latter. This difference was decreased over the years. And what about TIA? The rates were 0.9% and 0.4% for symptomatic and asymptomatic patients, with an odds ratio of 0.41. And death? The crude death rates were 1.2% and 0.7%, respectively, with an odds ratio of 0.66 for the asymptomatic group. This difference has also decreased over the years. And finally, myocardial infarction. The rates were 0.9% equal for both symptomatic and asymptomatic patients. The authors also analyzed the outcomes according to the type of symptom prompting the carotid endarterectomy. What did they find? They found that the more serious the index event had been, the greater risk of perioperative stroke or death the patient faced. Thus, 
Patients whose index event had been a stroke had a 64% higher risk of stroke and a 55% higher risk of death compared to asymptomatic patients, 43% and 87% higher risk of perioperative stroke or death respectively compared to patients whose index event was a TIA, and 2.8 and 3.72 times higher risk of stroke and death compared to patients whose index event was an amaurosis fulex. The risk of TIA or myocardial infarction were similar. In an analogous way, patients whose index event had been a TIA had a higher risk of perioperative stroke compared with asymptomatic patients with an odds ratio of 0.54 and an increased risk of stroke and death compared with those whose index event had been an amaurosis fugax with an odds ratio of 1.94 and 2.11 respectively with again similar risk of MI. Having suffered an amaurosis fugax as an index event did not confer a higher risk of any perioperative event compared to asymptomatic patients. This makes complete sense. A patient who has suffered cerebrovascular symptoms, especially more severe ones, is likely to have an unstable plaque and or lower cerebral reserve and to be more vulnerable to new perioperative events. Yes, these events confirm the high risk of perioperative stroke and death events in symptomatic compared to asymptomatic patients already reported in individual studies with similar myocardial infarction rates. It does add solid evidence on the high risk faced by the patients with more severe preoperative symptoms. But then again, these are the patients with also the greatest benefit in the protection of brain parenchyma conferred by the carotid endarterectomy, which is greater the protection from a new carotid-related stroke, or the risk of perioperative event? What is the best treatment or timing strategy in each subgroup? These questions must be answered with new focused research. What are the limitations of the study? The authors mentioned several of them in their discussion. 17 out of the 18 studies were observational, some of them retrospective. They span over 40 years when medical management has changed drastically and surgical treatment has improved in timing, indication, evidence, etc. The reduction in the difference in outcomes regarding stroke and death in symptomatic and asymptomatic patients throughout the years observed in this meta-analysis reflects that. The analysis offers global analysis, but fails to identify variables that could help explain the findings. Potential confounders like age, sex, timing of surgery, antiplatelet regime, contralateral or intracerebral disease, etc. And Melina, does this data alter the latest recommendations described in the 2017 ESVS Clinical Practice Guidelines for the management of atherosclerotic carotid and vertebral artery disease? Not really. The guidelines recommend performing carotid endarterectomy for symptomatic carotid artery stenosis within two weeks of the index event, provided the documented procedural death stroke rate is lower than 6%. For asymptomatic patients, the recommendation is weaker and carotid endarterectomy should be considered for 60 to 99% carotid artery stenosis in the presence of one or more imaging characteristics that may be associated with an increased risk of late ipsilateral stroke with a life expectancy of more than five years and even longer for women and provided documented perioperative stroke death rates are lower than 3%. The data provided in this meta-analysis allows to stratify risk in more detail, but does not oppose the proven clinical benefit provided by carotid endarterectomy in symptomatic carotid artery disease. I encourage you to read the complete meta-analysis. The reference for this article is European Journal of Vascular and Endovascular Surgery, Year 2020, Volume 59, Issue 4, p. 
pages 516 to 524. Thank you, Melina. I look forward to our next podcast. Thank you, Agla. It will be coming soon. Take care, everyone. Bye. Talk to you soon. Goodbye.